Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. And I will say this. I want to take away the positive, right? Sometimes we'll take on things that really God's, that's God's problem. It's not a bad thing to say, God, this is yours. You did this. I'm going to give it back to you. Again, I don't know that, I don't believe that we're supposed to speak to the Lord with uh, sarcasm, with disrespect. I believe that we're supposed to come before the Lord with, with reverence and fear. But I do believe that it's a healthy thing to come to the Lord and bring our issues and bring our things to Him. In today's message, Pastor Bill will share with you about how we can talk to the Lord. Some people might think you can only speak to God with thee and thou type of speech. But that's not the only way. We can talk to God as if He were a person in the room with us. We can speak honestly and openly to the Lord and all that we experience. But we should never be disrespectful. God hears and sees our struggles, but He wants us to get to know Him through prayer and through His Word that speaks volumes. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 11 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. All right, well, Numbers 11, for you guys that were with us last week, uh, we began the chapter and the Israelites were complaining to Moses about not having meat. And uh, we talked about that last week. They were lusting backwards. They made it sound like that when they were in Egypt, it was better. They were looking backwards and saying, remember the leeks and the onions and the garlic and the this and the that. And we talked about that there was a mixed multitude. And so when the Israelites left Egypt and God delivered them from, remember they were slaves in Egypt being beaten and making brick and mortar in the hot sun all day. When God miraculously led them out, there were some Egyptians that came with them. And it was probably the Egyptians that were remembering all those foods that they used to eat. And we talked about how the complaining is contagious. And we're going to see more of it this week as the, the, the complaining will spread to Moses now where he's going to be complaining to the Lord. So we talked about that last week, why we shouldn't complain as believers. And if you miss it, you can go back and listen to it. We're going to look at the importance of giving our burdens to the Lord. And I would ask right up front, even before we look at anything tonight, that everybody here would just consider maybe some of you have no burdens. You walked in and you say, you know, what? I'm, I'm burden free right now. Praise the Lord. Maybe some of you are here and there are burdens that you walked in here with. Things that are weighing you down, things that they weigh on your heart, they weigh on your mind, they burden you, they weigh you down. If there are things that you came in here with that are burdens in that sense, I want you to write them down. I want you to be thinking of them as we go through the study. And before we're done, we'll look at what we're supposed to do with our burdens. And so there's, there's just a few options. So look at um, Numbers 11, look at verse 10 to start. It says, then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. And this is a continuation of last week. Um, last week, if you remember, they were complaining and we talked about how the Lord heard it. He was angry. His anger was aroused and some of them were burnt up outside the camp. And then as it went down, you know, Moses they were talking about what they remembered and what they didn't get to eat and all those different things. And the Lord reminded them what he had done. They were eating manna from heaven every single day. It tasted like pastry. So they're pretty much eating donuts that were healthy every single day. 
and we're complaining about these things. And so in verse 10, it says, now Moses heard the people. So I want you just to imagine this number, this huge number of people, but they're all bringing their complaints to Moses. And as I, as I hear Moses' complaint in the chapter, I kind of understand why. I mean, just I can't imagine that many people coming and complaining and just how it would start to weigh on you. You know, all those people, they're bringing all their complaint and it's all to you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And so one thing I thought about, and I, I want to point it out to us here, while we consider our own burdens, I want to make sure that we don't burden other people. And one way that you can burden another person is to press them and pressure them to do something that they're not capable of doing. Wanting something from someone that they can't provide and just nagging and nagging and nagging, it just is a burden. You just weigh, you weigh them down with something that they can't do anything about. We want to be careful that we don't burden other people, that we don't bring heavy complaints. Sometimes we burden people that love us by bringing all of our complaints and our woes and laying it off to them. And they can't do anything about it but feel bad or burdened with you. And so sometimes what happens with our burdens that we don't take them to the Lord, but we got a lot of other options. These are some of the things you can do with your burdens. You can complain about them. That's what a lot of people do. It's the easiest thing to do, just to complain about the things that are going wrong. That doesn't really accomplish anything. It doesn't get anything better, but that's what a lot of people do. You can blame your burdens on other people. So you can start pointing the finger at other people that this is because of you. These kids that you gave me, you know, you can blame other people for your burdens and start pointing the finger. You can have a pity party, start feeling bad for yourself. I don't know why this is happening to me. I'm such a good person. Mm -hmm. And pity party yourself and just feel bad and be pitiful. You can share with others, make them complain too. Anybody have seen that at work? Somebody at work is upset about something, they complain, and it's easy. Complaining is just so easy for people to pick it up. I don't think we should have to come in on Saturday. It's the holiday. I know. I, I would go to my kid's special function, and, and it just spreads on down the way. You just couldn't keep it to yourself and shared it. Now somebody else feels just like you felt. We don't want to be one. We don't want to be doing that. The last thing, we can struggle under the weight of the burdens. Just, just struggle under them. None of those, I believe, are what God would have us to do. He would have us, I believe, to bring them to him. But in the story here today, Moses is heavily burdened down by the people. They're coming, they're complaining, they're, they're telling him, you brought us out to kill us and you're not feeding us well and, you know, on and on and on. And Moses is, it's just fed up. And I want you to note that in verse one of chapter 11, the people complained and it says the Lord heard them and it, and it angered him. In this instance here, it says, now Moses heard him. Moses heard the people complaining, weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent. And I want you to, I just want to, I want us to really get the full picture. This isn't like some nominal complaint, like, man, I wish we could just get this stuff. It says that every family is at the door of their tent, weeping. So they're crying. So you got grown folks at the door of their tent. Like crying out loud for food, for meat. And I look at this and I think, man, what a slap in the face to the Lord. Because they were eaten every day, supernaturally by the hand of God. Manna was coming down from heaven. They were eating every single day. But it says now everybody's caught on with this complaining. Every, every family's at the door of their tent crying. Just consider where you live. Maybe you live in an apartment complex. What if everybody woke up this Saturday morning and was at the door, their door with the screen door at your apartment complex, crying out loud about some deficiency in your building. 
What if every neighbor on your block this week, this Saturday morning, would just go to the door and start crying out loud? That's just one block. There's thousands of people that are doing this. And again, I look at Moses and think, man, that had to be a heavy, heavy pressure. Just have all these people weighing on you, begging you for something. A while back, when um, pretty early when we had started the church, I had I was teaching Bible at a Christian school at a Calvary Chapel Christian School in Downey, and I had some kids in one of the periods, um, and I, it was like they know I'm, they know my daughters, and all these they're like my daughter's age, most of the, the young girls. So they would come in at a at a period where they had missed break or whatever, and they would come, and they would all just together, we didn't eat anything, and we need to, we need to go to the lunchroom and get something. Now it was against the rules for me to send them to get something, but they would come, and one after the other, they would come, and they would, they, I mean, literally, they would, they would cry. Now, I know some girls can kind of make themselves cry if they want to. Um, yeah, I, I, know that, I know that some people can do that, but I'm like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm looking at them like, she's crying for food. Like, the rules says you can't. The daddy in me said, let her go get a biscuit or a muffin or something like, and I remember I was, I felt, it was like a burden. I felt like I'm not supposed to, but gosh, this is like the letter, the law, the spirit. I don't know. And so uh, what I would do, I'll find ways. I'm like, all right, I'm going to send you guys on an errand. If you happen to stop and get a muffin, I ain't got nothing to do with that, but I'm going to send you on an errand to go get something and come back. That's going to be on you, you know? Um, But that's a small thing. Moses here is He's way down. Maybe some of you feel this with your kids. Maybe your kids are pressuring you or begging or asking you for something that you can't provide. Maybe there's something that they want or need and you'd like to give it to them, but you don't have the ability to give it to them and they wait, it just comes and you just feel bad. That's where Moses is times tens of thousands of people. And so it says at the end of verse 10 that Moses also was displeased. But I want you to notice what what, what happens with the Lord. It says... The anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. So God wasn't just a little bit annoyed. It says the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Now, his anger was also aroused in verse one. And it says that the the fire of the Lord consumed those on the outskirts of the camp. So here again, the anger of the Lord is aroused. So I want to note this. If there's somebody who I don't want their anger to be greatly aroused towards me, it's the Lord. I, you, some of y'all can be angry at me. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it. But I really don't want the Lord's anger to be greatly aroused against me. And so here, as I read this, I realize that complaining against him makes him angry. Know this about complaining, that whenever you or I complain, our complaint is always against the Lord. My complaining is always against God. No matter how I phrase it, no matter how I pitch it, When I complain, I'm complaining. I'm saying God's not been good to me. God's not been fair to me. What God's done is not enough. What God's done is not satisfied my need, my desire, my want. My complaining is always against him, even if I aim it at another person. So look at verse 11. So Moses said to the Lord, why? Now, I want to, if you if you're writing notes, you could write down verses 11 through 16. Many people call this section the lament of Moses. This whole section here is going to be a lament. He's going to be crying out and Moses is bummed out right here. And he's going to he's going to say some things to the Lord. I don't know if you're supposed to talk to God this way, but he's going to hit God with some rhetorical questions. He's coming at God with some really fiery attitude and everything else. But I want to point out the one thing I think he did correct. Instead of what the people are doing, which is complaining to Moses, Moses takes his complaint to the Lord. 
So if you're going to complain in a direction, you want to take it up with the Lord. You want to take your issue, your challenge, your complaint, your burden, your heavy thing. You want to take it upstairs. You don't want to take it. You don't want to do it on this level where I'm dealing with friends and family and other people that can't do nothing for me. We want to take it up. And so Moses is talking to the Lord. Now look at verse 11. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all this people on me? Moses said, man, Lord, what, what did I do to deserve this? What have I done? Why have you? He said, you've afflicted your servant. He said, why have I not found favor? I don't, I'm not, I don't have grace in your sight. You don't like me no more. And he says that you have laid the burden of all this. Why you give all these people to me? Moses like, I don't want these to your people. Why you put all these people on me? Why you, why you burden me with all these people, Lord? Verse 12, he's not done yet. Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them? That you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers. Now he's even being a little sarcastic. Did I beget them? Did I bear them? Are these my kids? That I should carry them in my bosom like they're mine? He said, these ain't my kids. These are your kids. And Moses, he said, Lord, this, this is yours. And I will say this. I want to take away the positive, right? Sometimes we'll take on things that really God's, that's God's problem. It's not a bad thing to say, God, this is yours. You did this. I'm going to give it back to you. Again, I don't know that, I don't believe that we're supposed to speak to the Lord with uh, sarcasm, with disrespect. I believe that we're supposed to come before the Lord with, with reverence and fear. But I do believe that it's a healthy thing to come to the Lord and bring our issues and bring our things to him. And so even though Moses is a little salty here and the way that he's going about it, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend. I still think he's aiming it in the right direction. But he says, God, these are not even my people. These are your people. They're not my kids. They're your kids. How come I have to do this? How come I have to put up with them? Maybe you feel like that about some things. Maybe there are some things you're like, God, how come I have to do this? How come this has been given to me? How come this burden is my burden? And this is the thing. This is the deal, right? And, and, and to Moses' credit, when God first came and said, look, this is what you're going to do. Moses never wanted the job. He was like, I don't want to do this. I can't speak. I, I didn't ask. He, he could, Moses could say, Lord, I did not ask for this. You just did this to me. This is where we have to consider, because maybe some of you are in a predicament like that. You didn't do anything to create it. God just put you in a circumstance. You're there by the will of God and it's tough and it's difficult and these ain't your people and you didn't create the circumstance and it's not you you didn't make this what it is but it's there which you have to look at as Moses did but this was God's will for Moses life and God was going to use him here and God was going to be with him here and God's going to answer this this lament in a minute but God this is where I have you right now Moses I have you here for my purposes and sometimes we forget whose we are when I complain against the Lord, when I'm frustrated with my circumstance, when I don't like how things are going, sometimes I've forgotten whose I am. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 that I'm no longer my own. I've been bought at a price, the blood of Jesus. And so my life belongs to him. He can do with it what he wants. He can, he can give me things that, that he wants me to do with it. My life belongs to him. And so Moses' challenge here, verse 13, he carries on. Where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they weep all over me, saying, give us meat that we may eat. Now Moses asks a direct question again. God, where am I going to get meat 
to feed all these people. He said, they're crying all over me. And I just want you to get the imagery. I guess every time Moses will walk out, he said, they're not just crying in front of me. They're crying on me. And I just could imagine the women just, Moses, we want meat. And they're crying and it's all emotional. And I, that would be enough to wear anybody out. I, anybody here in Moses' shoes, we'd be, we'd be trying to catch a vacation. We'd be trying to do a Jonah. I'm going to get on a boat and go somewhere else. I can't deal with these people. So Moses, to his credit, is still there, but he's fed up. He is overwhelmed. And I just want you to catch that. That's where he's at. Because what are we supposed to do when we're overwhelmed? When I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. This is too much what I'm going through here. It's just more than I can handle, right? God's never left us without direction and circumstances. And there are going to be times in your life where you are overwhelmed. It is too much for you to handle. And I believe that in those moments, in those seasons, in those times, what God wants us to do is to look to him. Because it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that God is, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted or tested beyond what you are able. But with the, te- the temptation, he says he makes a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And while it's true that God will never give you more than you can bear, God will give us more than we can do without him all the time. And what it does is it brings us to the end of ourself where I look up and say, God, I can't do this. I need you. And we cry out to him and he's there to help us. So God will never give me more than what I could do with his help. But many times, most of the time, God calls me to do things that in my own strength, I can never accomplish it. I can never get it done. And so the answer is that I would look to him, that I would cry out to him for help. And so the people are crying on me, he says, all over me saying, give us meat that we may eat. Verse 14, he says, I am not able to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. And again, a very honest cry out to the Lord. He says, Lord, I can't do it. This is, I cannot bear the burden of all these people. It is too much for me. And what he said is true. And I believe this is, a, this is the healthy thing to do when I'm overwhelmed or I'm burdened. God, I can't do this. This is too much for me. There have been times in my life where I felt overwhelmed and I, I I'm usually pretty pretty even killed but when I'm overwhelmed it it shows I can see it my wife will know she knows my wife knows I, I have I behave differently when I'm overwhelmed with stuff and over the years of my life whenever I've come to a place where I'm overwhelmed and I pause and I have to go to the Lord there's a, a few things sometimes I recognize I have added things to the list that that were not God's will so I'm overwhelmed because I added some stuff that's not from the Lord. And so there are times where you need to take everything and put it back before the Lord and say, God, did I pick up something along the way that you didn't have for me? Because I'm ready to put it down. I'm overwhelmed. I'm ready to just kick it to the curb. I can't do it. So that's the, that's the short thing. Just say, God, I'm overwhelmed. What, is there something on this list that is not from you? Would you show me so I can let it go? Because God's not giving me more than I can handle. But if I end up with more than I can handle, it's because I picked up some extra stuff. So sometimes when we're overwhelmed, we need to say, God, this is all the things I'm doing. It's too much. And is there anything on this list that I can let go? And anything on this list that I picked up, I added. And you want me to let it go. Healthy way to bring that before the Lord. Verses 15 and 16. It says, if you treat me like this, please kill me here and now. If I have found favor in your sight and do not let me see my wretchedness. Now, that's an interesting prayer. It's drastic. Moses said, Lord, if it's going to be like this, kill me right here. I don't want to make light 
Moses is saying, God, I would rather die than continue on like this. The, rea- the reality is this, that there are some people that are so overwhelmed that they feel just like this. That's rather die. Now, that's, that's extreme and it's over, but there are people that come to the place where I'm so overwhelmed, I don't know what to do, I don't know where, I just want to die. They want out, as though death is out. And so Moses said, Lord, if it's going to be like this, then can you just kill me here and now? I don't think Moses, I mean, Moses has seen God do this. I don't think he's just bluffing here. I don't think he's just saying big words. I think Moses is really at the point where he's cracking. He's like, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'd rather die than continue like this. And again, the only thing I can say is positive is that he's crying this out to the Lord. If you ever come to a place where you feel that overwhelmed, that you'd rather die, you'd rather be gone, you want to cry out to the Lord. You want to take it to him. You want to you cry out to the one that gives you life. He, he not only gives you life, he gives you purpose for your life. And God is mercifully. Now, I look at this and I look at the way God that Moses just spoke to the Lord. And I think about with the Lord. And my servant just spoke to me. He's been very sarcastic. You know, why you did this to me? How come you gave me these people? These ain't my people. These are not my kids. I didn't bear them. How come I got to carry them like a nursing mother? I mean, he's been coming at the Lord pretty tough. But what I see is very gracious about what the Lord does is God answers him and God deals with the situation. God's going to deal with the situation for the people. um, And we'll see more of that next week. And God's going to deal with the situation for Moses. You do need some help. When Moses said, Lord, I can't bear this alone. God said, you're right. You guys, that's, you need some help. And I'm going to show you how to get good help. And so the Lord intervenes. The Lord answers this. Even though it's a rough prayer, the Lord answers it. So the, the last part of verse 15, he says, again, if you treat me like this, please kill me here and now if I found favor in your sight. And then he says this, and do not let me see my, my own wretchedness. Don't let me see my own wretchedness. I don't, I don't want to, in other words, Moses is saying, Lord, if I have to stay out, if I have to continue to do this, it's going to be ugly. I don't want to see my own wretchedness. Now, remember this. Remember when the Lord found Moses, right? Every, everybody here has a past. And I think Moses is, is, is alluding to when, when the Lord found Moses, he had a temper back in the day. He walked out there and he saw the, the, the guy beating on one of the Hebrews and he went to break it up. And next thing you know, he done beat the dude to death. He said, oh, shoot. Covered him up in the dirt. Look both ways. Which you know, which, 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 that's what you do when you're guilty. Look both ways. May see if somebody saw. And then he found out that somebody had seen him. Because the next day he went out there and they said, what? You're going to kill me like you did him the other day? And Moses said, oh, no. And he had to get out of there. And he took off. Well, that's Moses. That's his past. So imagine in your past, when you get real angry, you beat somebody to death. Moses saying, Lord, <laughs> these people keep doing this to me. <laughs> I don't want to see my own record. I really don't want to have to fall back. And some of us, some of you, we may phrase it differently, you know, but everybody here know we got a, I got a ceiling. I got a limit. I got a place where I'm like, man, I don't, I, ooh, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy again. And Moses is saying, Lord, I'm at the limit. I'm at the limit. I'm, I'm, as, I'm at the limit. They, somebody going to see some wretchedness real soon. I need out. Let me die. I don't want to go back to what I used to be. He is begging God to intervene and to help. And like I said, though his approach is kind of rough and not, I wouldn't advise that we come at the Lord in the attitude or the tone in which he came at the Lord. I do believe that it was wise that he at least went 
to the Lord with what he was dealing with. So starting in verse 16, God's going to respond. And this is something I love about the Lord is God always has the perfect answers. That's all we have time for today on a transforming word. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Numbers, and we pray that it's been eye-opening for you. In this book, you see how God dealt with sin and disobedience in the Israelite camp, but you also get a sense of how God delights in obedience and a soft heart. The people then were no different than people today. It's all human nature, plagued with the curse of sin, but God didn't leave their side, and He remains by your side today. So if you're ever in doubt about God's goodness, faithfulness, or steadfastness, be reminded that God cares about you, loves you, and is there for you. We hope you continue to learn more from the book of Numbers, and we encourage you to read ahead on your own. If you're interested in listening to additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you can find them on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. If you live in the Inglewood area or happen to be passing through, come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. Then you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. Before you go, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience, and we pray you continue to look to Jesus. Thanks again for joining us, and be sure to catch our next edition of A Transforming Word.